Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Biblo Steeps in Discussion. Uh, today, I've got the great pleasure of being joined by Jonathan Critchley. Good evening, Jonathan. Good evening, you, and how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. And yourself? Yeah, very well. Thank you for thank you for inviting me. It's my, absolutely my pleasure. I dare say it's a bit warmer in the south coast of France than it is in uh, non-sunny Scotland these days, but uh, hopefully maybe it's a bit warmer soon. Uh, yeah. for, for those of you who don't know, Jonathan, obviously based in the south of France, runs a lot of workshops um, and a, an exceptionally accomplished photographer. Um, we'll be talking about his book, Silver, which I don't know if it's still available. I've certainly lucky to have a copy in my book case. Um, but before we talk about the book, Jonathan, it'd be great if you could just maybe do a bit of a background to your photographic journey? Yeah, sure. Um, well, um, I've been taking pictures since I was but a lad. Um, I was probably, when I picked up a grown-up camera, I was about 18 or 19 years old, but um, tried to go pro at that time, didn't really know how to do it, didn't have any business knowledge or anything. Yep. So went away and got some experience and came back um, a little while later and then went professional. Um, and uh, it's been now since, well, since 2007. So what's that, 14 years or so, I suppose. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's uh, yeah. I take pictures mostly of uh, well. Initially, it was just the sea, and then I've added yeah. in a few things um, on top of that, and purely just to sort of push myself a bit. Yeah. But generally, the sea and the ocean is the sort of what drives my uh, what drives me artistically and creatively the most. Um, I live close to the sea. I'm very lucky to be able to do that. I see it most days, and it's still sort of very central to me as a person and and uh, and in and in my work. Um, I'm. 99.9% black and white um, yeah. and 100% square. And I, I don't mean by the way I dress, I mean that my format, uh, my, yes. my preferred format is is very much a square. Um, and so, uh, and, and it's the sea. And also I like a bit of space in my pictures. I'm someone who likes, um, who likes to leave a bit of space for nothing. Uh, yes. And so there's normally, there's normally, you can recognize one of my pictures because there's normally a little bit of something, but an awful lot of nothing, I guess. Yeah. And that really, I guess, that's pretty much sums it up. Yeah, pretty much there we are. But yes, it's it's very much, I, I, I very much like the style of your work and obviously your book, uh, which I think was 2013, I think it was published. Yeah, or, yeah the very end of, yeah, we, uh, yeah 2014 is when it, when it came out, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's, a, it's an incredible body of work, which as we we're talking about before, is very much more of a feel of a, a retrospective based on, on your mm previous work was was that always the intention to does it cover such a such a wide variety of locations and subject matters as well yeah well it, it was it was a, it, it was a difficult decision to make to be honest yeah. because uh, I wasn't sure I wanted to do a book and I wasn't sure whether to do a book about um, the sort of long exposure side of my work and the sort of that side of minimalism or whether yes. to do something I also work a lot with with horses, um, and I wasn't sure whether to do it on that. And I also work an awful lot with classic sailing boats, and yep. so and those really those three subjects make up an awful lot of what I do. And yep. but I just ultimately I decided in the end that it was going to be just a mix up, just a yes. sort of as you said a retrospective of, of about seven years' work um, yep. from the moment that I I picked up a camera professionally for the first time through to when that book was released in two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Um, and that's really what it represents. In that book, there are pictures from really early on, yeah. and some sort of towards the end of that period of time. But but as a, as a as a real retrospective of of what moves me most as a, as a photographer, I suppose. 
Yeah, yeah, it, it's to be honest, I, I, it's it's a wonderful combination of as you talk about your long exposure, but also the work with the horses, and then also bringing into the work that you do with the the sail, the classic sailing boats, and the huge big masts, and they really give a sense of wonderful sense of atmosphere across all of your all of your work, um, and very elemental in terms of just all the aspects that really bring together and in, in terms of what you capture and what you're, you're, the message you're trying to get across to the viewers. Thank you, Ewan. That is very nice of you to say so. I mean, it ultimately, you know, and I'm sure you're the same with your work, ultimately you take pictures for yourself, or at least you should. You know, yes. you should take pictures that you like for yourself, not listen yep. to anybody else too much, um, and then hope that someone else likes it as well. And if they do, then that's great. And if they don't, well, at least you're doing what you like and you will be, you will be happy. And really... Uh, for me, uh, I think that the black and white, the water and the space were things, were the most important things. Um, yes, yep. And initially, I think long exposure was was a way to achieve space, but, but whilst working with water. As we know, the sea is a very complex uh, element, yes. organism, and it needs a bit of calming down sometimes, or, or can do, I mean, not always. Um, but uh, for me, it did, at that, especially at the time. And then, so, I, so for my, really for my first couple of years, I would I was existing on long exposures. I was setting up the tripod, working with the sea, with lakes, yep. all that sort of thing, and, yep. and enjoying it very much. Um, and finding that space, but also teaching myself a lot about composition and looking elsewhere. And then in about, yeah, end of 2008, I thought, well, I don't want to just do this. I don't yes. want to just, yeah. I don't want to just be a tripod photographer because, yeah. you know, I'm quite an active person. I like, you know, I like the sort of adrenaline side of things. And, and I, I, you know, the thought of sort of hanging off a tripod for the rest of my life made me feel a little bit depressed, to be honest with you. Yep. So I thought, what else can I do uh, that's going to push me? And of course, I started taking pictures of waves and the sea that way, yeah. which was which was handheld, and I enjoyed that very much. And then uh, I heard about um, living in France, as I do, uh, th these big sailing regattas that uh, have that happen uh, on on the Mediterranean coast where they have the classic yachts. So, you know, some of these yachts are over 100 years old and they come yeah. and these big regattas. And, yeah. uh, and I thought, wow, that's something different. I've never taken a picture of, of a boat, you know, properly, professionally in my life. But yeah. I managed to, um, to blag my way onto one of those regattas and um, suddenly had to learn a set of new skills. You know, it was yeah. a, whole different, a whole different set of rules for that yeah. sort of thing, where everything's happening very quickly. And... When you look at those those wonderful boats, you think, well, they can't move very fast, but boy, can they? They can they can really yeah. shift. Um, Absolutely. And so, you know, that was a very wonderful experience, and I got a lot of adrenaline buzz through it. But also having to think very quickly about composition rather than with a tripod and a long yes. exposure where yep. you have time to, to think about everything. <laughs> yeah. So that was really wonderful and, I, and and it's absolutely addictive and I loved every second of, of, and I still do have to say, I still do it to this day. I still try and go out two, three, four times a year to shoot yeah. those boats. And I'm absolutely, it's one of the happy, one of the, do you have a happy place? You know, do you have one of those little places where it's a, uh, Absolutely, I think I think yeah. we all we, we all have we all a happy do. place. Absolutely, yeah. I think I think you, yeah. you you know you can go there, and regardless of what happens or what you come back with, you've just enjoyed every second and every moment of being there and experiencing it at the time. No, absolutely. Well, that's certainly for me. That I mean, generally on those shoots, you're out for seven or eight hours. Um, you're in an open boat, which is a very fast boat because it has to be fast fast to to keep, keep up, up with the sailing yacht. So it's normally. Yeah. Do you know what I say? If I if I talk about a rib, you know what I'm talking about. So the rig yes. is inflatable with the rubber around the edges. You know, yeah, one of those um, with a very large outboard on the back, and uh, and they can shift. You know, it normally has uh, and and I have a skipper, 
and I go out and shoot and um, uh, it's normally seven or eight hours and it goes like it's 10 minutes you know it literally, I don't I don't eat or have a pee uh, it just it happens and then it's suddenly over and I think oh and I feel almost disappointed that it's over yeah uh, and, then, and then I get back and I look at myself in the mirror quickly because you know and uh, I can see that I've got bruises all over my face where the camera body has been pummeling into my cheekbone yep. or whatever and I look like I've I've been in a boxing match, but it's still, yeah, it's still, I'm ready for the next day straight away. So it's a wonderfully addictive uh, occupation, and I love it. But that then led to, uh, I was having a conversation um, when I was a very young chap, about seven or eight years old, with one of my parents on the beach. We went down to the south coast of England, and uh, it was one of those rough, uh, stormy days. Yeah. Uh, in the winter or the autumn, I think. And the, of course, the wind, the, the waves were piling in. It was very windy, and you've got that sort of white spoon blowing up across the back of the wave yeah and i said to my dad i think it was what's that he said oh that we call that the white horses yeah. and you know as a young boy i thought my goodness it really just sort of started this sort of story in my head and i went back to you know to the house that night and i'm sure i dreamt of white horses running in from the sea uh, that yep. night and many nights afterwards and then having moved to france i discovered that there was this uh, this breed of horse on the south coast of the Mediterranean coast of France called the Camargue horses who are white yeah. and who live around the water and I thought well there's my next project I want to go I've never taken a picture of a horse in my life but I thought I want to go and shoot that I knew that it was possible to I'd seen some pretty dreadful postcards of them <laughs> and thought well you know at least I know that you can have access so yeah I got myself down there and, and I that was I don't know 12 years ago and I've been going down there at least twice a year since uh, and I obviously run workshops doing that now but just for my own, I mean, it's a wonderful thing uh, to yeah. work with. It. And again, like with the sailing, you have to think quickly and it's very, very quick and everything's everything's happening fast and you get covered in spray and water and mud. And, you know, sometimes the horses look brilliant, but sometimes they look like donkeys and sometimes they look like, you know, those things out of pantomimes because of the expressions. That, yes. But it's all wonderful. And I, I've just taught myself how to get uh, the minimalism that I was looking for, even in those environments. And it made yeah. me feel more accomplished as a photographer, I felt better because yeah. I, I didn't feel like a, no pun intended, a one trick pony. Yes. I, I sort of felt that I was, I could, <laughs> I could find what I was looking for when faced with different subject matters. And that just made me feel better. It just made me, yeah. made me feel better about my own work. And then I wondered whether it would all go together, you know, whether, whether you could put a sailing picture next to a long exposure next to a horse picture, Yes, which was why I felt the book project coming back to that was interesting because yeah. Then it's it was really that project that made me think about it all working together. Um, yes, yeah, absolutely. And and uh, that was really interesting. And uh, ever since then, ever since that book came out, I've realised they can. It's it's not so much about the subject; it's about how how it's composed, how the photographs composed, and how how you know the treatment of it. Yes. So you know, generally now, if I have an exhibition, I'll often have a horse picture next to a sail picture, next to a long yeah. exposure, or next to a wave, and and I really like the way that it, it sort of gels together. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. I think the the combination of all the subject matters in the book works works really well. I I really like the the intimate and the wider shots that you comprise, both not just in the landscape, but also in terms of the the sailing aspect as well, whereby you've got the big vast vistas where the boats just more of a small dot in the sea but then also you've got the shots which are really close in of the sails and you can just imagine the scale of them and the movement as you're actually on the water 
it's just it's just an incredible atmosphere. So I love how that's all been done. And then also the landscape whereby you've got the very noticeable and recognizable landscapes. But then also as I was speaking to my wife and discussing your book with her earlier on, it's some, some of the shots whereby you could be anywhere and it's just from behind the waterfall or it's somewhere in China, Guilin and places like that, Lijiang, yeah. which, which again is just, it's the beautiful combination of just really intimate on all the subject matter, but then also seeing, seeing the horses in the, in the big landscape. And as you see, it's bringing your style in terms of the very minimal look and very minimal feel um, in, into that subject matter. Well, it's really, you know, really kind of you. And thank you. I, I'm not going to be able to get out of my, uh, my study by the time this is finished. My head is quite <laughs> big, but I really appreciate the kind words. But, you know, it's interesting what you said about, um, about you know, the China or, or wherever it was, Iceland or, or something, you know, behind the waterfall. I mean, I've never really felt that pressure of when I'm in a different country. And I'll be very lucky in, in my career up to now to travel to some amazing places. Um, I think there's been about 35 countries in all so far, which yep. is, 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 you know, not for the last year and a half, admittedly, but um, <laughs> um, before before that. And um, it's what I've, ne I've never felt the pressure to, that a country has to look like the country when I, when I take a picture of it. I, I, yep. I've never even, I've never, it never even occurred to me until, um, well, funny enough, it was one of my kids. I was going somewhere. I think I was going to China or India or something. And um, one of my kids said, oh, would you um, bring back some pictures of where you are? And I said, well, yeah, of course I will. That's what I'm going for. And they said, oh, no, no, not your pictures. Ones where we can actually see what it looks like. <laughs> and I, I realized at that point that I, I don't, I don't do that. I, I, it's, the, it's the picture that's more important than I, I'm not a travel photographer. So I, I'm not trying yes. to to say, well, this is China, this is India, um, or wherever, it's, it's, it's the photograph. And I've taken pictures in Chile that looked like they were taken in Japan and taken yeah. pictures in Japan that looked like they were in somewhere else. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't bother yeah. me where. And that's, uh, it's all about whether I get a, a photograph or not. And if I don't, to be honest with you, while I'm in a great place and Absolutely. having a great meal afterwards and I'm having a, you know, a beer or a glass of wine and it's all good. And so it, there's no, I don't have a pressure on, I don't know about you, but I don't put pressure on myself to that I have to come back with something. It's if, if I do brilliant, if I don't, well, at least I'm having a nice time. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, and that's photography is not my, not my job. So it's very much a hobby and I, I love just being outdoors. So actually for me, if I'm standing somewhere watching the sun come up or watching the sun set and I get a shot, yeah. great. If I don't, it's been a wonderful, beautiful experience as well. And, and for me, yeah. photography very much came after my love of travel and um, being very yeah. fortunate with my wife to travel to some wonderful places. And, and your book really, it's a, there's a, I suppose there's a lot of places that I recognize, particularly in China, where I've been fortunate to go, but your book really feels as though it's like a, it offers the opportunity to travel without actually having to travel, if that if that makes any sense, because it, it, it really does. It really does give you an experience of snow to beach to water to waves. And and it really it really just transports you around different environments, even if you don't necessarily know or even if they're not easily identifiable in terms of where those locations actually are. Mm. Well, that's that's kind, you know. It, but again, you know, even those subjects that you mentioned, snow and beach and things, you know, th those are places where I know that I'll find something yeah. simple, you know, a absolutely, simple composition. Yeah. And that's absolutely. As soon as you say that, I start thinking about, you know, what I'm going to do next. It just, it, I don't know. I, I just have these sort of little sort of boosts of adrenaline when I think about those spots, those wonderful places that, yeah. that I've been to and that I'm going to go to. And um, you know, it's. I suppose all I'm all I'm doing, all I'm showing you, if you if you if you buy a book or if you buy a print or if you just look on on the website, all I'm trying to show you is my version of events. You know, Absolutely. when I go to these places, 
this is what I see. This is how, this is this is what it tells me. And you just yeah. sort of pass that on, and that's really. Yeah. I suppose that's what photography is in a way, or at least our sort of photography. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. It's your representation. It's the, it's, mm. the, it's, the, it's the vision that you want to share of these locations. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely is. And is there, is there anywhere that you've, uh, you've not been to that you would really like to visit? Yeah, I mean, that, that, there are places. That I, 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 but also I like to revisit. You know, I, mm. I like to think about new places, but I, yeah. I also get very inspired by places I've visited and think, oh, you know, when I go back, I'd like to do this and like to do that. Yes. So yeah. I'm, as soon as this whole COVID thing, you know, sorts itself out a bit more, and I, I'm, hopefully it will fairly soon, I want to get back to the east coast of Africa. It's something I, I, I really love. It's a place I really love, and I love the people. Yeah. And, you know, I people don't really feature very heavily in my work. Um, when you look at the photographs, I mean, sometimes a crew of a boat or something, but the making of uh, people are very important, whether it's a, a you know, a, a skipper of a boat or a, someone yes. who's making things happen or whatever. And uh, my trips to, well, all my trips have always feature people um, in the making of who are incredibly important and, and are wonderfully, lovely warm people uh, in East Africa. And I've, I've been lucky enough to go to places like Mozambique and uh, uh, Tanzania, Zanzibar, Kenya, yep. all those coastlines. And I, and I do love that environment. And I, I just itching to get back and do some more work there. Uh, yep. I'm, I've got something booked to go to uh, Madagascar in, well, it's not till 2023, but uh, the, the thought of it is still fairly, you know, <laughs> I can't wait. Um, I'll have to, but I, yes. I, you know, it's, uh, it's a couple of years ago, at least more, two and a half years, I think, before that one. But I should, I should be going back to other places. So yeah, East Africa, I want to revisit. Um, places I haven't been to, that's kind of harder. I, I do quite want to go to places like Maine in the US. Uh, I haven't, I haven't, um, you know, that East Coast. Yes, um, yep. I'd like to do some boats there. I, they have yeah. some classic yacht sort of things as well going on there. And that appeals to me because I've only ever shot really, I think for one exception, I've only ever shot the sailing boats in France. And it would yep. be nice to have a different set of yeah. rules and a different you know a set of things to, to work with so that'll be interesting but you know i'm, I'm getting there i'm the, the list uh, the bucket list is getting shorter now for those for those the places that i want to go to that that's always a good thing very rarely do you find the bucket list get shorter normally as you take something on you take one thing off and you add two things to the end of the list so that's always right. good well, it's either that or it's a question of age. I'm not sure, but it's, yeah. it's, one, it's one, one or the other. other. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, so talking about obviously silver, uh, how much of it had you prepared? So when you, you when you were looking to, when the idea came, was it something that you approached the publisher with or was it something that you worked on yourself? Just to get an idea of in terms of, did you did you have the sequence of, of body or did you have the body of work ready and then you were looking to sequence it yourself or how far in advance did you take it yourself? Well, I'm, I'm a big thinker when it comes to things like this. I, I consider things very carefully before yep. they go out. And I think that, uh, you know, whether it's a print, you know, or yep. which with it, normally it's been considered for at least a year before it actually, uh, you know, goes out. Uh, yep. and, becomes, uh, and it was really like this with a book that I had the idea and then I thought through all the different things that I didn't want to happen and things that I did want to happen. And, and yep. I wanted it to be, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I don't understand why people would, want to produce something that isn't them that it looks different to what they you know how they feel I, I wanted to retain control of how it looked because I didn't yes. want anything to be released that didn't feel like it was me so I wanted to work yep. with a publisher who would listen or yep. I, I wanted to do it myself yes um, and I wasn't sure which but in that in that time I was thinking about what should it be I decided it wanted I wanted it to be this this um, 
uh, what was the word we used earlier? Retrospective. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, and so that that had, I decided I hadn't decided what I wanted to put in it. I, I'd left that for a bit, but I thought I want how I want it to look. I wanted it to be how you know the same thought as when it goes with the, with my website or whatever I think about whether it's an Instagram page. I want them to all have the same sort of feel that you know part of yeah. who I am. And so I wanted it to be clean and and you know spacious and. Uh, yeah. I've always said about about my website that if you go on my website and come off thinking that was a good website, then I'm not doing it's not doing its job because I don't want you to even remember the website. I want you to remember the photographs that are on it. Absolutely. And it was really the same with the book. I wanted it to not take over. I want I wanted it to have the same set of rules really that if you pick up the book and look at it, I don't want you to say what a great book. I want you to say, oh, I love the pictures that are in that. And and, yes. and so I wanted it to be very um, sort of step back. And let the pictures do the work. So, for yep. example, you'll, you'll see, and this was a, 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 there's no cover as such. I mean, there's a yeah. cover, but it's there's, there's a fly, you know, there's a, a fly cover, but there's nothing on it. Just just the word silver in silver. And yes. that was a choice because I didn't want well for two reasons. One, I wanted it to be very clean and not take over. But secondly, because it was a retrospective of work, I, if I put a picture of horses up there, it would have been a horse book. And if I put a yeah. picture of a sailing boat up there, it would have been a sailing. So yes. by just making it a plain cover as it was, it was sort of, I wanted it to be like a, you know, a, an enticing black door or grey yep. door. That you don't know quite what's behind it, but you want to have a look. And yes. so that, that was really a, sort of like a members club, you know, yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing. So that was really the choice. Um, so the choice was difficult. And when I, when I went through how am I going to do this, um, a mutual friend introduced me to someone I know that you've spoken with is Eddie Iframs, yes. uh, who uh, who's a gentleman I knew of and never, had never met. And uh, through him, I met a gentleman called Keith Wilson. Do you know Keith? No, nope, don't know Keith. No. Nope. Well, Keith Keith is an Australian, but he's um, a journalist who was really responsible. For example, he set up Outdoor Photography Magazine, oh, Black yeah. and White Photography Magazine in the UK. He was yeah. really sort of the, the person that. Uh, got those magazines off the ground and got yes. everything yeah uh, a, a really lovely man and um a very talented journalist and uh artist i mean he, he's he's what he does with for example with book editing is uh, something very special i'd seen a book that he'd done uh completely coincidentally for charlie Waite, um the British right. landscape photographer yep. he done this black and white book which i had and um, I, I, I remember what struck me was uh, the, the, I love I love the pictures, of course, but I love the order. I love the way the picture the thing was put together. It, it yes. was very clever, and a bit yeah. like what we were saying earlier on, they were, the pictures would be seemingly non-related. I mean, subject matter, but it, there was just a thread, and I thought yeah. that's really clever. A lovely flaw, exactly. And then purely by chance, Eddie said, "Oh, we could get Keith on board as well." And, yep. and I thought, "Oh, Keith." Keith Wilson, and then I remembered it was him that had done this. So I thought, "Well, this is a great opportunity." Yeah. Um, the second choice was that I didn't want what happens with publishers often is that you release your book at the, the full price and you pay whatever it is. And then after about three months, uh, they yeah. want to make room in their warehouse. So everything gets cut on Amazon for yeah. 30% off, 50% off. And I didn't want that to happen. And I, I think it's just a stubborn uh, streak, which I know that I have. Uh, yes. And of course, like many of us who do this for a job, we are control freaks about it. I mean, we have to be about our own work. So we, yeah. uh, and so I thought, well, again, I wouldn't let anybody else, um, you know, edit my photographs. So why would I let anybody else sort of take in charge my my book? But yeah, as things worked, as things turned out, we found a publishing company that now this can, this is going to sound a bit like those Remington shaver ads from the nineteen seventies and eighties. It was a, a very small publishing company, um, 
that were having difficulties, but I like the name and I like the people, so we actually bought it. <laughs> um, and uh, I mean, it sounds very flash, it really wasn't. Um, it, that enabled us to have a company, a publishing company, but also retain full rights over what we did. And, yeah, and control. we were able to, I say we, I mean me really. Um, yeah. I was able to do pretty much what I wanted um, and then have something perhaps for the future. If, if we looked at doing other things in the future, there was there was Absolutely. a possibility there. So, yeah. so really with Eddie and Keith, um, that was the team on board. Um, in terms of what was going in the book, uh, this was brilliant. And this is what I, I learned an awful lot from this process. Keith said that he wanted to come down and talk about come down to France here and talk about the order of how what we were going to put in the book. So I said, yep. great. Um, so we fixed some dates, and he said, uh, "Have you got an idea of what you want to go in?" And I said, "Well, I mean, roughly, but not really." So he said, "Right, I want between now and when I come down, which I think was ten days or something." Yeah. He said, "Can you print small, you know, like oh, yeah, twenty centimeters squared?" Every single photograph that you think deserves a right you know, at this point, you think could go in the book. So I thought, okay, sure, I'll do that. And laboriously printed all these pictures. And there were something like 200 and something uh, pictures. <laughs> and we figured out that we wanted there to be sort of 70 or 80 pictures in the book. We weren't going to get tied yep. to a real number, but we yeah. figured that would be, that would give us a, a decent coffee table size book and not overload it because I'm yes. also just that, that, you know, too much of a, good thing and all that can be absolutely yeah definitely um, i didn't want there to be any or at least too much text i'm not you know i'm a photographer not a not a not a poet or anything else and i yeah. it, for me i just don't like that mix and I, for many people they love it and that works well for them but for me i just didn't want there to be yeah. interruptions once i wanted it to be like a gallery like an exhibition i suppose yes yeah so a bit of text at the beginning and then you just start on this journey through the, the pictures and yeah absolutely really interrupted yeah so that's what was agreed. So we decided roughly that. And so I printed out all these pictures and then we took a, um, a hotel conference room, Keith and yep. I resided and hired it for, I think, three days and went in there and we basically, basically took all the prints along and laid them all out across the floor and filled this very large room with these prints. And he oh. said, he said, the next thing I want you to do is pick the, pick the eight photographs. I remember this vividly, pick the eight photographs that you don't want to see not being in the book. In other words, the yep. book can't exist without these eight photographs. Yep. Um, seven challenge. And so, um, so that I, some of them were very quick because I, really, yep. I had my favourites. Some of them were yep. good. But anyway, ultimately, after an hour or so, I picked, <laughs> we put them on the other side. You know, so we, we yep. put, um, with a gap of about six feet between them, we put these pictures in there. Yeah. And then he started doing this brilliant thing where he started just picking pictures that were unrelated location-wise, but had um you know had some link perhaps to yeah, maybe maybe just like compositionally or yep. there was something in a shape or just something that and you know uh, he said what about this one and i was you know obviously i'd made the decision about the 200 so i was already happy but then he was asking my opinion about opinion about what do you think of this one after that one or before that yeah so i said why don't, you, why don't you just do what you think and then we can tweak it at the end you know yep. so he was happy so he worked for a couple of hours and uh then started to get a rough layout of pictures that I'd chosen. And I'd say, oh, I don't really want, in retrospect, let's, can we just change that one for that one? Yep. So he would, yeah, no problem, but then we'll need to change that one for this one. And it was yes. this whole thing. And it literally lasted three days. And it was really tiring. I, I, after it, I felt more tiring than, you know, 
days of shooting it was it yes. was a very because i guess you're concentrating you know it's, so it's, it's very intense as well you're very you're, intense, you're, yeah, you're, exactly. you're having to look at your work very critically in a different way than you otherwise would do well, because you're really having to make sure it's very tight compact and coherent as well very much that and uh, and as you said it's looking at things in a very different way and, and also learning i mean learning is tiring isn't it you know yeah. i know that if you're learning something you a new skill uh, and i certainly was learning an awful lot from from keith it's it, that was in itself tiring i was trying to remember what he was saying and, and sort of talk and so anyway ultimately we came away with pretty much the final order that you see in the book now i think i made one or two very small changes um yeah afterwards at the very end but really that was how it, that's how the concept was and then yeah I remember him saying to me as he left, next thing you need to do, next job on your list, now this is done, is you need to work out who is going to write the introduction, the foreword and all that. Uh, yes. So I said, okay, I'll do that. And, and I said, how, you know, how do I, he said, well, just start at the top and work your way down, basically. Yeah. So I thought, well, okay, so if someone's going to write a short intro, just like a, a sort of short little foreword, you know, just a sort of paragraph or two, who do I want? And I thought, well, about, about my inspirations when I was young, when I was a kid. Absolutely. And the one I thought that popped into my head was Jacques Cousteau. Yeah. I thought Jacques Cousteau, I know that obviously, sadly, he passed away. But those those pro programs when I was a kid, uh, the programs he used to do, you're probably too young to remember, but he did some wonderful TV programs when I was, you know, in the sort of late 70s and the 70s. And it was just, it just set your mind wandering. Yes, and, yes. Uh, and, uh, and if you're into the sea, it was just wonderful. I'm sure that a lot of people that are listening to this will be nodding their heads because it really was quite, um, a, quite a, a wonderful thing. So I thought him, I knew that he had kids uh, who were um, alive and I knew that he had a, a young his youngest son who lived still in France so I found him I found his email address and, and uh, just dropped him an email and said you listen you don't know me you don't know anything about me but your dad is a huge inspiration yeah um, uh, this, this is this Pierre-Yves Cousteau this is and yep. uh, would yep. you be interested in doing this and he I didn't expect to hear anything and I was prepared to you know go on Nothing. to my next yep. Yep. yeah but about two hours later, he replied and said, oh, Great. actually, sure, I know your work. And uh, I've seen the sailing pictures you do, which we really love. And I'd have, be happy to do something. It's like I was absolutely thunderstruck. I just couldn't yeah. believe that that had happened. Um, and then so that was good. And he he took, you know, about, about a week later, he came up with this little thing, which is in the front of the book, which I really, I always forget whether it's the foreword of the introduction. I'm not sure which the big one or the small one is. But um yeah, yeah, you tell me. You got, you got the book. Have a look. Yeah, I want to get this right. So you, it's it's the first little paragraph. I think it's yeah. the introduction. Is it? It's the foreword. Oh, is it? He and wrote then, the foreword, did he? Yeah, he wrote the foreword, and then Elizabeth, and then Elizabeth Roberts. Wrote Elizabeth Roberts was was yeah. I mean, she, I'd done some work with Elizabeth Roberts, who's the editor of Black and White Photography Magazine, yeah. and I have a lot of respect for her. And she uh, she supported, uh, amongst others, supported my work right from the beginning, and uh, yeah. gave me some wonderful space in the magazine when I just was just kicking off and needed it. So it was, yeah. I was very grateful. And so she did that. And she wrote a really lovely um, bunch of words that I, I was very moved by. And so that was great. So the thing was really coming together. And then it was just yeah. a little decisions about the cover and the fonts and all those yeah. things, which Eddie was brilliant with. And he would send me, you know, just send me little questions every now and then. So the process was, I felt really enjoyable. Yeah. And then, um, we yeah he chose the printers in in northern italy in verona uh, who are legendary printers who've done you know a lot of massive photographic books and when i look on their website and 
see who they worked with, I feel very humble. Um, yeah. So that was a great that was a great experience. So when when the when the, the proofs came and we were looking at proofs, and I remember we just moved into this house and we were sort of, all the proofs were spread out, and that was a very exciting process. Yeah. And then suddenly the book was there, and it arrived here. Uh, I think Eddie sent me just one through, and so that was brilliant. And then you know I, I they sent me a few more, and then we started you know marketing it, selling it, and it, you know it was really really nicely received and. Um, been very happy with it i've actually just got um we've just reordered some uh because because i i hoped to be able to release another one but i just got tied up with other projects and i got a big demand through through i think it's always the way when you don't have something it's the thing that people always want and yes. so yeah um we've just found some more we've got some more coming now they should be here very soon which is very timely with this uh, our little chat now so absolutely yeah, and then that'll tide us over till the next project which will hopefully be something over the next sort of year or two we'll, we'll work on we'll decide what's going to be the next project and work on that yeah uh, so all very exciting yeah yeah, it sounds very good. And I must say, I look forward to seeing what your next project is, because as, as we were talking about beforehand, you've you've kind of got a lot of different avenues in terms of subject matters that you you clearly love to photograph. So it'll be interesting to see whether you do another collection or maybe speak, speak specifically a couple of different areas to, to focus on for your next step, for your next yeah. body of work. It will be. And I have absolutely, it will be interesting. I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to do. <laughs> um and I, I, it goes through one moment, one moment, I'm very definitely going to be doing a horse book. And then the next, literally three days afterwards, it's very definitely going to be a sailing book. And yes. then it's very definitely going to be something else. So it's, it's, yeah. I'm so fickle like this, but I, I will need to make a decision and just stick with it. Yeah. I think I would like to do, I'd like to specialize with it uh, or maybe put two books into a little hard folder and do something that way. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, either way, that could work. We'll yeah, see I've, seen, I've seen a couple of people bring out books whereby it's been two smaller books that have been nicely case bound mm. or something like that on very yeah. specific things. And yeah, as you say, for, for, for the, the work and the subject matter you photograph, that could work, could work quite nicely. Um, well, it, it potentially could. So that would be, um, yeah, I've seen, um, I have another. I have another sort of company, a brand called Capture Earth, which is this wildlife. We we have this sort of one event every year. It's a wonderful yep. wildlife photography experience. I'm not at all uh, there as a photographer. I don't count myself as a wildlife photographer. I'm there purely yep. as the sort of organizer of it and and uh, sort of ideas person. But we have some wonderful, uh, some of the world's best wildlife photographers doing this. And they're basically the, the concept is that there are four of your top wildlife photographers. Uh, and it's a sort of seminar workshop over a period yep. of a week in a luxury um, lodge in somewhere in Africa. We, we change yep. it around a bit. And there, there are 12 paying guests that, there. And of course, you have very much one-to-one -one relationships with these photographers. Yep. One of them is a French guy called Vincent Mounier, Vincent Mounier, who's a wonderfully talented. And, uh, you know, if I was a wildlife photographer, it wouldn't be far off. I mean, he's just his work is just dreamy. And yep. he actually showed me one of these hard sort of portfolios with two books in it that he'd done. And uh, yep. he, he, he's someone who everything he does has got great taste yeah. and it just blew me away so i really i quite like that idea sorry i've digressed a bit then no but, uh, not at all no um yeah that's quite interesting so maybe we'll do that yeah well it's interesting it's interesting when you talk when you're talking about your ideas and your wishes for the book in terms of so that it reflects your work i would totally agree it's as you say you like very minimal when you like a lot of space and that's mm. certainly the, the feeling that you get looking through the book is the fact that it is it's very clean it's very minimal but it gives you just exactly what you want which is you come away with with the, the beautiful body of images thank you that's really kind yeah i mean you probably notice in the book that sometimes often there's just one photograph 
on the right hand and it's basically a double page and there's just one yes. photo. So, so the left hand side will be completely black just a white page yeah. and that was obviously a choice uh, yep. I, I i really wanted to do that we couldn't we decided not to do it on every single page, page because I think yep. sometimes it's good to just break it up a little bit but yeah. i like to, i like the way that works you just you do get a feeling that you don't have to hurry you know that it's not you're not being pushed to turn the page that you can spend a bit of time there and that's really what what the idea was yeah that's it it's also very important as as i say to many people there's nothing greater more great more enjoyable than actually being able to sit down with a book and and digest it and take it in as opposed to looking on a website whereby Mm. it's often too much scroll scroll scrolling before you know it you're at the end of the page and You've, you've probably maybe taken in a fraction of the work that's there because you're just having a wee glimpse. Whereas, yeah, with a book, you can really sit down and, and take in the details and appreciate, yeah. the, appreciate the work that's gone into the, each image. Good, thank you. Well, I hope so. I mean, that's really what we were trying to uh, yeah trying to put across anyway. Yeah, yeah so. absolutely. And when you're working with other people as well, who you benefit from their experience and their knowledge of, of producing books and compiling and compiling compiling images in the certain sequence as well which oh for sure i mean absolutely you know i you're never too old to learn and you never too, yeah. you know you should never stop learning i think it's one of the wonderful things about photography is you never know everything do you yeah. there's always something there's always something new happening and you know in the publishing world it's, it's I, I don't know it at all really and yeah. so all the advice that eddie and keith gave me was very much taken on board and it was fantastic advice and um i've never forgotten what was taught to me and uh yeah, a very vital part, but it's always good to, to if you're not quite sure about something, you always, you know, get that advice. It's, it's, it's absolutely yeah. vital. Yeah, indeed. So talking about books, I don't know if you're a big book collector yourself. I've got a couple on the bookshelf behind me. Um, but I'm always really fascinated <laughs> to, one or two maybe, I'm, yeah. always, I'm always really fascinated to to hear what what other books have inspired the inspired other photographers so it'd be great to maybe get four or five of your favorite photo books from other photographers and a bit of the yeah. reasons as, as, as to why you've selected why, them as yeah well, well uh, when you asked me about this but I, I thought oh god this is going to be really hard uh, because um you know uh with running running a couple of companies i companies i do that that's where i work with other very yeah. good photographers i mean amazing i, I I've, t- I've tried to sort of steer it that i work with people who, whose work i really admire yeah and so uh, otherwise what's the point you know if you're going to do something do it so yeah. i when i thought about my access to books is is i do have access to books because i'm working with these people and often books are exchanged and it's and yes. i have some wonderful books and you know I, I was lucky enough to work with Michael Kenner and he's released 70 books. So which one of those do you choose? You know, absolutely. And, um, yes. You have, I work with Rachel Talibut and look at her two wonderful books, you know, the sirens, yeah. tides, tides and temp. I mean, those are just amazing. But I work with Michael Levin and his book Zabrato is still one of my favorites. So Likewise. it's very Paul Sanders I work with and his book, well, you can never get a copy. So you don't have to worry about that one. Oh. Um, it's, it's a solace. I never got one of those, but I've got a, I'll never let him forget that he never sent me one. Don't you show it to me now. He's reaching, he's reaching behind him now. Yeah. And he's looking for his copy. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Well, thank you. It's actually good to see it anyway, but, um, yeah, it's, it's very nice. <laughs> don't, don't, don't worry. I know Rachel Talibert's not got a copy of it either. So you're both in, you're both in good company. Oh, well, okay. That's good. Oh, that's good. Um, <laughs> And then, as I said, some of the wildlife photographers. I mean, I work with a photographer called David Lloyd, who's he released a book. Um, it's called When There Were Animals, which is wonderful, very moving, black and white work. Um, and I just mentioned Vincent Mounier's work, and all those people. I, you know, they are incredibly inspiring to me, yeah. and um, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in awe of all their work. Yeah. Um, so rather than choose 
five books out of all that bunch, and and uh, which I find, would find very hard. What I thought I'd do rather uh, is to choose sort of roughly five books. I think it's for five that have just meant something to me for some over the years. So some Absolutely, of them are quite yeah. Old. So sounds um, good. Excellent. Some of them are quite old, and some of them uh, you know you can see an obvious link with what I do, and some of them probably not. But yes. And so the the first one I'm going to mention actually, I'm just going to put it up. It's it's um was well, unsurprisingly, it's called a century under sale. Uh, sale as in obviously S-A-I-L. Yeah. Um, and this is a book that was originally produced in I think about 2001 or so. And um, it's a retrospective of sailing work that was all taken by uh, Maurice Rosenfeld and his son Stanley Rosenfeld, who were American photographers based out of New York somewhere. And um, But all was done at the turn of the last century, you know, so it the was, 1900s. Yeah. Uh, really, they between the two of them, they were taking pictures pretty much entirely for the whole 20th century, which is quite unbelievable, really, when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and the, the book uh, is just, you know, I, I'd seen their work before. Um, and then I think someone got me the book and I just I thought it was, I was just blown away by it. There is a website where you can see their work as well, but really beautiful. And of course, you know, working in black and white with these sailing boats as I do, it was incredibly inspiring. And um, and what was also lovely was that some of the boats I work with, uh, which date from those years, were actually photographed by them, you know, back in the 1920s. And I love that, yeah. that I can still shoot some of the same yachts Absolutely, that they yeah. shot 100 yeah. years before almost, you know, yeah, so that's quite, a really wonderful thing. I've just got to read you this little clip. So yeah. Boris, sorry, Stanley is the son, and he was, yeah. I think he was born in 1913. Right. He, he used to help his dad in the darkroom and everything when he was... 10, 11 years old. So, you know, looking at the 1920s, so 100 years ago. And he just yep. he said this thing, which I just thought, I think this is lovely for, for those of us that you sort of paddle about with digital these days. Yep. Um, he just writes this. He says, when I was young and spending time after school in the studio, I would often be given a package of prints with instructions to take them to Mr. Freed for clouds. Um, Freed was an accomplished airbrusher who created clouds on demand from just a wisp of cloud to colossal cumulus clouds. My instructions were to have Mr. Freed put 25 cents worth of clouds in one print where just a suggestion was needed, 50 cents worth of clouds where an overall pattern was called for, and a dollar's worth if a major cloud operation was in order. I watched with great satisfaction while the clouds grew just where we wanted them. Isn't that brilliant? Great, great, great a wonderful picture of Mr. Freed airbrushing in these clouds that didn't exist. And then, yep. you know, people say to people say today, well, Photoshop's cheating and people bringing skies and, and all this. Well, you know, I mean, I don't do that, but it's nice to know that that was done in the 1920s by Mr. Freed. So yeah, no, no, nothing has changed. It's it's the original version of the Photoshop sky remove or sky exactly. change, whatever it yeah. is. But yeah. So, that, so that's a book that's been very inspirational. I pick it up. Yeah, you know, at least three or four times a month, I suppose. I, I just yeah. love it. It's a wonderful. It, book. It, it must it must be really quite incredible and quite quite a, quite um, quite satisfying to be shooting and and have the opportunity to photograph the same subject matter in terms of the same boats that these guys were photographing a yeah. hundred years ago. But, but logistically, just, how they you know like how they what they would have shot with you know a big sort yeah. of wooden square thing on, on a rowing boat you're getting buffered about but you know just unbelievable and you know i just count myself so luck, lucky these days that i can go out and do what i do yes so um, you you maybe shoot the same boats but you're maybe using slightly uh, slightly more modern equipment and boats yeah. to, to photograph 
perfect. But again, it just shows you the, the ability that of, of what they did a hundred years ago is it's really quite well, remarkable. hundred years before that, or not even that, there would have been, you know, yeah, it would have been oil painting, wouldn't it? Or watercolor. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So it, it all moves yeah. on, I suppose. Yeah. So that so that's that uh, that's that book, which is a big um uh, yeah, a, a lovely one. The next one is um it's called The Wild Horses of Sable Island. Right. And this is a book by a photographer called Roberto Dutesco. Uh, and uh, it was, I think the original version of this was in the 1980s, but this version I've got came out in 2014. And it's a big old, it's a big old book. Um, Ooh, it's yeah. sort of a real coffee table. I'm, I know you, you can't see this, you guys at home, and I'm holding this up at the moment. And it's a good, you know, for doing the exercises, with, it's a good sort of holding up above your head. You really start to feel it after a while. It's a big yeah. old thing, a piece of furniture. And... Um, Robert de Tesco is a, was originally a fashion photographer based in New York. I think he was originally from South America, I think Argentina or something like that, and uh, became quite successful as a fashion photographer. But his passion was horses. And he went to this place called Sable Island, which is off the coast of Canada. And it's a very inhospitable, inhospitable place to get to. Yeah. Uh, the only place you could stay at the time was on a weather, weather sort of station. You had to get special permission to go and stay there. Right. And one, uh, one in every two flights there is cancelled because of weather. Um, <laughs> but on this island, there is a group, a herd of horses that have been there for at least two or 300 years. And I think the rumour is that they were transporting horses from Europe to the States and there was a shipwreck and the horses got free, ended up onto this island, which is basically a sandbank, yeah. and have lived there ever since, have adapted to this amazing climate. And yeah. um, so, of course, this to me is what fairy tales are made of. You know, it's got the sea yeah. in it, it's got, the, it's got everything. And his, I have to say, his style, which is very grainy, black and white, sepia, uh, wonderful movement, um, really, really amazing work, has been much copied. You know, he's, there are yeah. people that have managed to get out to Sable Island since and have obviously been very inspired by his work. Yes. Um, but he was he the original. He still has a gallery, I believe, in New York selling the prints from this. Um, yeah. And he's got ten or $20,000 and you should get one. Um, but they are very beautiful uh, and I really found his work when I was thinking about working with horses and I thought what well, I don't know anything about horse photography so I'll start looking around yeah and I saw his work and I thought well it's it's way more grainy than I like to go but I was just absolutely struck on how beautiful it was because it's yeah it just showed me that you you know things don't have to be perfectly sharp uh, which I'm obviously very used to in long exposure work everything yes. you know yep. stuff that you wanted to being sharp it just it kind of freed my head up and so it's a body of work that I really love and again I pick up this book a lot uh his website's very good it's also called the wild horses of Sable Island, I think so you should have a look but yes. it's a, it's a great book so that's that one and very inspiring um the next one is uh a book called poolside with slim Aaron's. do you know do you know slim Aaron's or do you know his work Nope. No, so it's he's, he was a photographer that was uh, very prevalent in the 50s, 60s, 70s. And he was really a, a sort of society photographer uh, that okay. used to hang around with the rich and famous um, and go to places like Palm Springs and go to places like um, you know, the French Riviera yep. and take okay. pictures of basically the rich with yeah. swimming pools and, you know, the on, on beautiful boats and all this. So it's all very beautiful sort of 1950s colour. You know, it's got a lovely sort of feel to it. Yeah. It's like looking at an old movie from that era. Lovely. Um, and it's all this wonderful, uh, these wonderful places that, you know, these great hotels and these lovely swimming pools and the, and the, and the sort of the things that people are wearing with a little poolside chat. You know, the yep. sort of, the, it's all very from that era. You know, it's really wonderful. There's lots of people yep. in them. There's lots of sort of, 
and I don't really know how to describe what he is except as a photographer, except to say sort of a society type photographer. He's yeah. he got very friendly with a lot of these people. I used to invite him to their family yeah. home, you know, the holiday yeah. home down in Nice or Antibes or somewhere yeah. like that. And uh, on the cover of the book is uh, a hotel which I know quite well called Eden Rock, which is in Antibes actually, which is a very beautiful hotel. And he's got a picture that was taken, I think, in the 60s there uh, of the swimming pool and people from that era lying around the pool and you can see the hotel in the back. And it's just, but it's just, it just whisks you away from another, another era. Yeah. And really, I used to go on holiday to, to that part of the world when I was in, you know, in the 70s when I was a little boy. And um, it takes me back to that era as well, I suppose, for Absolutely. nostalgic reasons. So yeah. it, it had no influence on my, on my work at all. I, it's, it's, a, it's a photo book, a photography book, an art book that I just like to look at because I just like to look at it. And it just yeah. makes, me, uh, makes me sort of dream a bit. Yeah, well, that that sense. Sometimes those, sometimes those are the beautiful ones where it's it's a connection to to past memories. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't need to be something that directly relates to the work that you do, but it, you you connect and relate to it in an entirely different way. Very much, absolutely agree with you. Yeah, um, the next book is um, is by a wildlife photographer called Nick Brandt. Um, B-R-A-N-D-T. Yeah. Uh, but he, Nick Brandt, uh, who started off life, uh, um, his career rather, I should say, producing videos for people like Michael Jackson. And yep. um, uh, he's English, um, but has, I think he's been living in the States for a long time. Uh, went, went to Kenya for a shoot with a Michael Jackson video and, and saw the wildlife and basically didn't go back. He, he, he gave up his career and stayed there. Huh and started taking um, medium format photographs of, of the animals in My black and white. And yep. uh, I first came across his work. This book I've got, this book is called A Shadow Falls. Now he's had a few books out, but this is, this is my favorite. It was released in 2009. Yep. And um, is black and white uh, and sort of a slight sepia tone, I suppose. But I still, when I pick this book up and look through it, it just makes me feel very emotional. Um, the subject matter, the way he handles, I'd never seen anything like this before at the time. Yeah. It was like, it's like Hollywood portraits of the animals. Brilliant. Uh, he, he took he, his, his attention to detail, um, bearing in mind that it's medium format film. Yeah. Uh, his attention to detail is absolutely incredible. And uh, he only ever used, um, a standard sort of the equivalent of in, in a 50 millimeter lens. So there was yep. no big long lenses or anything, nope. which right. when you see some of the portraits makes you realize how close he must have been to the animals. Yeah. And yet they've all got this sense of drama. And I, I believe from what I've read afterwards, that the reason he's done this is like really to represent a sort of, you know, a bit like the Hollywood portraits of the 1940s and 50s represents yep. something that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. This was his sort of homage to, 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 to animals. And yeah. and saying if we're not careful, this is going to this is all we'll see is, is yeah. these photographs. Yeah, wonderful. Um, and so it was a very, but a very poignant, sad, but in a very moving way, uh, yeah. but just very beautiful. Uh, and I, I loved that portraiture of the 1940s and 50s. You know, some of those old stars. Uh, yeah. I've got another, another couple of books of people like Kash who did those uh, those photographs. I absolutely love. But his work just is thoroughly moving and. Um, I would, you know, I think, it, you know, have a visit to his website, buy a couple of his books. Will do, yeah. Uh, it's, it's really absolutely stunning. Nick Brandt, uh, and this is a Shadow Fours, and that was my fourth one. Is that four I've had so far? That's four, yeah, four so far, yeah. So the last one is a bit of a cheat because it's a sort of compilation, really. But it's, um, it's uh, an anthology of maritime photography uh, right. since, since 1843. 
And I picked this up at, um, uh, at, a, at a, a regatta. There was a little sort of stand selling, you know, nautically yeah. related books. And it's called, uh, well, in French, it's called L'Art de la Mer, The Art of the Sea. Right. Uh, there's an English version and a French version. Obviously, I've got the French one. And it's yep. by, it was put together by a guy called, hang on, uh, Pierre uh, Bohan, uh, put it together. And it's exactly what it says. So there's, there's photographs, the very first photographs uh, um, from the 1840s where, you know, you can see boats and liners and things like that. Yeah. Moving all the way forward through to the turn of that century. And then I think there's a couple of photographs by the Rosenfelds that I mentioned earlier on. And then you move yep. forward. Right. I think the book was produced in about 2008 or nine. So it's up until about then. So, you know, latterly, there's a, a couple of Kenner's picks, Michael Kenner's picks and yep. some others. But if you like the sea uh, and you like photography, then it's a no-brainer. Yeah, uh, even absolutely. if you just like the sea, it's a no-brainer because the photographs are stunning. And for someone like me and you, who, who you know, are very passionate about both, it's yeah. an absolute no-brainer. Um, I pick yeah. it up. I mean, it's probably the book I put up, pick up most uh, yeah. out of all of them. Yeah, and that's why I left it to last because it's probably the one that I, you know, I couldn't be without. It's, it's. I absolutely love it. Um, I've even thought about getting another version just in case something happens to this one. Uh, so it's um, yeah, I, I absolutely love the book, and and it's just you know so inspiring. And some absolutely. of those pictures that were taken so early on, uh, I mean, when you think what they must have been up against, you know, it's just yeah. unbelievable that it's, there's some seriously wonderful artists around at that time. So yeah, yeah that's a, a real a real um, a real must for me that one. Excellent. Those are those are absolutely fascinating uh, fascinating suggestions, and I I will be. I've Google searched a couple of the names, so I look forward to taking a look through because, as you say, it's, I get so many book suggestions. You only have so much space, you only have so much money, um, so you can only buy so many books. But at the same yeah. time, it opens your eyes to it opens your eyes and your mind to different inspirations, and you can go in and take a look on in some people's work. And at some point down the line, I might acquire many of these books. I might acquire some of them sooner, but it's great just to take different inspiration and just different yeah. ideas. And as you say, it's a uh, when you talk about Nick's book in terms of just different ways to create portraits of animals and things yeah. like that. And it just yeah. shows you, it just shows you what can be achieved and, 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 and you, everyone can always learn. As you say, you're always learning, you're always taking new ideas and inspiration, which I think is a wonderful thing. Absolutely. Well, I think this is why this is such a great thing. I mean, your Bibliosquips as, as a website and an idea is just a wonderful one because it does bring our attention to, to these books that we possibly wouldn't have other, otherwise known about. So I think the whole yeah. idea or the whole concept of it is, is, uh, is that it's my turn to compliment you now, you see. Thanks it's very a, much. It's a, yeah. it's a really wonderful idea and I wish you all the best of luck with it. So it's a fantastic idea. Thank you very much. And just to say thank you very much for your time, Jonathan. It's really been a pleasure uh, speaking to you about, uh, about your work and about Silver, which is, is, as I said, it's a fantastic book and it's, it's really great just to hear about what, what you've been up to and what you're planning next. And I look forward to seeing the, the next book or the next uh, compilation of books, depending on whichever route you go down. So, uh, so yeah, thank you very much, Jonathan. And yeah, just all the very best. Thanks. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. You. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers.